Hello, 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 and welcome to the 27th episode of Mixed Media Reviews. My name is Kelsey, and today I'm going to be talking about a movie. This week's movie is Spider-Man No Way Home. I am planning on being back on track, (laughs) schedule-wise. I still sound a little bit nasally, but I think it's much better than the previous recording, and I appreciate your patience while I fumble through life. (laughs) So I tried so freaking hard to not know anything beforehand. And this is me warning you that from this point on, there's going to be spoilers galore for sure. From who's in it, to plot points, to special little tidbits that I decide to speak about. So if you don't want any spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie yet, probably don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Or this episode. You should listen to the podcast still, just not particularly this episode. (laughs) Anyway, I tried really hard, and for the most part, I think I was pretty successful. I didn't watch any trailers, of course, and I tried to stay away from any posts that even hinted at any Spider-Man information. (laughs) I did know that we'd be seeing some other Spider-Mans, but I didn't know the extent or what they'd be up to, like the plot for the whole movie. I I think I also knew that Doctor Strange would be in it, and I, I... pretty sure I knew Doc Ock was going to be in it, but I think that's it for characters, um, which is way more than I wanted, but I'm still pretty proud of myself for not knowing much uh, and for lasting as long as I did without watching the movie. So good job, Kelsey. I, I ended up buying a digital copy on Xbox because it was getting harder and harder to dodge the spoilers, and I decided I couldn't wait any longer, and I just went ahead and did it. I really wanted to see it in theaters, but that never happened, so I had to wait till I finally had a free weekend to really focus on it, because I didn't want to do anything else but watch the freaking movie, (laughs) and I was successful in doing that. So what is Spider-Man No Way Home about? Let's look to IMDb, because they're better at summaries, right? With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Sounds great? Well, that's because it was freaking great. Spoiler alert. (laughs) What I liked about this movie, oh my goodness, guys. (laughs) I loved this movie, which I know, surprising I love something that I'm talking about. But I have really been enjoying Tom Holland's portrayal of both Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I've said this like a million times, so people who know me are going to be like, oh god, she's saying it again. But I've always thought that Tobey Maguire played a fantastic Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield played a fantastic Peter Parker. But they didn't quite cross over, you know? Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, I think, wasn't, you know, perfection. And I don't think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was perfection. I do think that Tom Holland really nails being both so freaking well. He has his nervousness, his confidence, his ability to crack jokes, his quiet genius, just about everything that sums up who Peter is and who Peter is as Spider-Man, like down to a T. I couldn't ask for a better portrayal, and I don't think there ever is going to be one. In this movie, we're coming off the heels of the previous Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, where Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio, aka Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, frames Spider-Man for his murder his death really, uh, all while revealing Peter's secret identity. Like literally this is exactly where the movie picks up and I absolutely love 
that we are thrown right into it and there isn't some gap between the end of the movie uh, Far From Home and the beginning of this movie. We get to watch it in real time as his identity is revealed while he's literally in a crowd of people. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit of a time jump, but I love that we're brought along right away. The chaos of everything happening at once, combined, of course, with the banter of MJ and Peter, is just so good. I love that we get some Daredevil returning. Charlie Cox is a great uh, Daredevil, and I'm really hoping that this, combined with Fisk's appearance in Hawkeye, means we'll be getting more of them in the MCU. Also, now that I'm recording this, I have found out that there is going to be a revival on Disney Plus of Daredevil, so super stoked for that. And then this is the part where we're kind of time jumping. Uh, I generally love how fast everything is at this point because as, that's like exactly how he would feel in that moment, that everything is changing so quickly from scene to scene, from moment to moment. Some people may think it was too quick. Uh, I know I said that I love that we had the real time earlier, but I think in this part it makes a lot of sense for it to be happening so quickly. And also because while an important part of the story, that's not really the most important part of the story to come. In that we have a lot of stuff, you know, about to happen, but also the little details of everything don't need to be as drawn out because we understand what's happening and we are definitely not missing the big picture in these scenes. And again, I think it reflects the nature of how chaotic and how quick it would feel for Peter going through it. This is a tiny detail, but I loved that when Peter and MJ were FaceTiming, it actually looked real. Like the angles of their faces on the screen felt right, the way that they were holding their phones, the positions they were in laying down, how MJ kept kind of moving around to get comfortable, uh, felt really real. It almost felt like we were watching a very personal moment between Zendaya and Tom Holland. <laughs> it's nice when movies can get details like this right. Sometimes it looks like people have never held a phone before in their entire life, let alone done like a video call, but they nail the scene. I really loved everyone's outfits throughout the movie, but particularly I loved the outfit Doctor Strange is in uh, when we see him in the manor, the mansion? the Doctor Strange house in the foyer, uh, where he's in a hoodie, since it was cold in there, uh, with his cape over it and, like, snow boots on. <laughs> it was great. And, I mean, all the detail in this scene was really perfect because, of course, Doctor Strange would still be wearing his cape, even if he was wearing a hoodie and snow boots. And I love that the foyer is, like, dripping with water as the, uh, like, snow is melting and I love that Peter's shirt is super wrinkly, because of course his shirt is super wrinkly. I mean, it's just a lot of little things that really make this film just that much better. I mean, at one point, we see that Peter has GED study materials with him. <laughs> like, yeah, of course he would have GED study materials already if he couldn't be in school, because that is very important to him. I, I really love when MJ and Ned first meet the other Spider-Men, Spider-Spider-Mans. Uh, whatever. It's great. It's awkward, and I love when they're, like, testing them, and MJ has the bread that she keeps throwing at Garfield's Spider-Man, and I just love the, like, genuine reactions to each other and how they feel. It's hilarious and heartwarming at the same time, which I 
guess that's how I would describe this entire movie. Hilarious and heartwarming at the same time. <laughs> I know I've already said this, but man, did they really nail Peter? He is a beacon of hope. He's a genius. And I love all of the aspects that we get to see, like, portrayed. He's loyal to his family and his friends. He's got all the hallmarks of what makes Peter Peter and what makes Spider-Man such a fantastic hero. He's much like Steve Rogers, a genuinely good person who uses something that was given to him, although, you know, by choice or otherwise, in a way that makes you feel, like, proud of them, which is weird, but, you know, it is. Um, but also, Spider-Man is, like, crazy strong, and I'm really glad that they've got that right as well. One of my favorite scenes is actually in Civil War with him and Bucky, where he stops Bucky's arm, and the look on Bucky's face is both, like, confusion and terror, <laughs> and how he's, like, really confused. Like, not only is this kid, like, stopping his arm, but he's doing it, like, easily, like it's no sweat, <laughs> and Bucky's very confused by it, and I love it. And sometimes, this is kind of embarrassing, but sometimes I'll just go on YouTube and watch that scene because <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, I think, I think he plays Peter really well, and the, the moral good center of Spider-Man, I think, is portrayed very well. Okay, we have to talk about the other two Peters. I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are going to get tired of me using that word. But I love that this movie gives the other Peters another chance in this film. They have a chance to be more, to kind of grow outside of those original films that they come from. And I really love that Garfield Spider-Man gets that second chance to save a person that Spider-Man loves. That was so, that was so good. And I loved that you could see it on Garfield's face. Like, he knows, like, this is his closure. Like, I finally saved the girl. Uh, and it was such a good scene. So good. Um, and I love that we get to see an older Maguire Spider-Man who kind of has it figured out, you know, like he's figured out how to balance everything. He says that him and MJ have, you know, figured things out and they're making it work. And I really love that we get to see, you know, his future, I guess. All right. I just popped a, a cough drop in my mouth because my throat is getting a little bit dry from all the talking. So cool. <laughs> Let's continue. Um, so a lot of the points that I've made today and will continue to be making are like just notes that I jotted down while I was watching it in the order that I was watching it in. And the next thing that I had written was, I just have a note that says, dang, this movie really is amazing. <laughs> no other context. And then I talk about the next point. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know exactly when I wrote this down. Um, but one, 100% true, because I for sure had like high hopes going into this film, and believe me when I say they were met and exceeded, there's like a million scenes where I think I could have written this down. But two, um, I think the point where I'm writing this down is the point where Peter loses Aunt May. It's such a like real and visceral scene and then the scene that follows um, later on when MJ and Ned embrace him, when the other two Spider-Men, you know, tell him that they get it, 
they get not just losing somebody, but feeling so incredibly responsible for that loss. Like they directly caused it because that's really what Spider-Man is about, (laughs) I think. Um, Like Peter gets sadness. Every iteration of Peter understands sadness. Every iteration of Spider-Man gets sadness. Even Into the Spider-Verse got how pivotal, pivotal, (laughs) how pivotal this moment um, of loss is to the Spider-Man origin story. They've all lost somebody. They've all felt so intertwined with that loss. We've seen that in the previous iteration of Spider-Man, but it isn't something we'd really seen with Holland's yet, I think. He was already established when we met him and Uncle Ben had already been gone. We see hints of this with Iron Man and how Holland's Spider-Man handles the loss of somebody he not only idolized, but began to feel like a son to. But Spider-Man doesn't necessarily feel directly responsible for Iron Man's loss. Only the sadness of losing somebody. But then Aunt May happens. And the hope that Spider-Man has in the face of such utter despair and darkness is what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. It's partly why Miles is also such a good Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse is also about being knocked down and finding the strength to get back up again. That is repeatedly said throughout his story. And that is Miles' story. And it's Peter's story. Also, side note, I really love Into the (laughs) Spider-Verse. We watched it again not too long ago, and I could never get tired of rewatching it. It's such a good movie. Um, anyway, this movie, <laughs> the one we're talking about, No Way Home, um, it just amplifies that side of, of Peter, of Spider-Man, and it really shows us what it means to be Spider-Man, much like IMDb said in their summary. And I loved it, oh my god, so much. That camaraderie, that sorry, being sick, you can't say words very well. And also it's me. The camaraderie that Peter felt with his other Peters is born from this moment of shared understanding, from knowing what the others have gone through. And again, it's not just about losing somebody you are close to. It's about losing somebody you are close to and feeling like you could have done something to stop it because of who you are. And I really love that we get this story and that we get this story in a time when he gets to bond with his other Spider-Men. I really loved when they were all waiting at the Statue of Liberty, um, like chatting about their lives. It's what we all really wanted them to do. And we got it. We definitely got it. (laughs) I know it's sort of maybe fanservice-y, but I also think that's exactly what would be happening anyway. So it doesn't really read as fan service, at least to me. They'd for sure be talking about what's going on with them and filling in like each other with their lives and talking about the foes they've battled. We just so happen to be in the, I was going to say in the room with them, but they're not really in a room. But yeah, we just so happen to be there when they're talking about it. And I love that the older Spider-Man have back problems <laughs> and when Garfield cracks McGuire's back, oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> and when they talk about the web fluid, because yeah, some iterations he makes it in his own body and some they use those cartridges. It also seems 
really organic, like the whole conversation, almost like it's ad-libbed, the way that they talk over each other and like kind of have, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, a conversation when it's organic versus scripted and this really felt very organic. It's just so good. I love that scene so much and we definitely needed some lightheartedness at this point in the movie and this was just the perfect way to do it. The dynamic between all three Peters is also freaking amazing. <laughs> we have McGuire's who kind of takes on the role of like a supportive parental Peter guiding his two younger Peters and then we have Garfield's who is kind of the the confident Peter. The one who isn't brand new at it, but is kind of in the swing of it. <laughs> Get it? The swing? <laughs> but yeah, um, he's a little, like he has more bravado or something. He's kind of a little more sure of himself and kind of like in the height of this is, this is what I do kind of a thing. Um, and then there's Holland's Peter, who isn't brand new either, but is still young and still kind of trying to figure out how to balance everything and who is really going through some huge changes at the moment and very emotional things. He's still confident, but he's kind of got a quiet confidence. Much like Maguire's is a quiet confidence, unlike Garfield's confidence. But for two really different reasons. Maguire's is from age and experience, and Holland's is from sort of an inexperience, or at least comparatively limited experience compared to Maguire's. But it's also from the fresh pain that he's experiencing. And the dynamic plays really well together. Their lines, their body language, it all matches up so perfectly. And you get hints of this being the same guy, but slightly different based on the time that he's at in his life. But also that, you know, they do have little differences with slightly different personalities or the way that they might think or do things. It's slightly different versions of the same person and it comes across so well. The end of this movie just gutted me. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it was, it was really well done and it is 100% on track. Of course, Peter would not would again feel like he's responsible for, you know, causing this pain and causing their lives to go on track. So of course he's not going to try to mess that up by finding them, by introducing himself again. Of course he's going to let them be on their own because he feels that's what's best because now they're going to college and all these things are happening. And it kind of reminds me of, I tried looking for the comic, but I can't, I can't find it. But I know I read a comic like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. Um, it was after the events of M-Day, which was when the Scarlet Witch said no more mutants and made them no more mutants. And there was this whole like alternate reality. And then I think things went back to normal. I don't remember, but there's a scene where Spider-Man wakes up. And I think in this alternate universe, he wasn't Spider-Man. And he was married to Gwen Stacy because she was alive and MJ was off being an actress somewhere. And he wakes up and he's with MJ. She's not an actress and Gwen is dead. And he just like has this like, dang, I am responsible for those deaths. Because again, that is such a Spider-Man thing to feel that responsibility. 
and to have that connection with like death and the death of the people he loves. And so I really liked the end of the movie, even though it was utterly heartbreaking and I wasn't going to talk about it, but then I started talking about it and I'm glad I did, (laughs) but oh man, that was so sad and so hard to watch. I did love (laughs) both of the end credits. Um, Even the post one was like, I guess more of a trailer, but I'm still looking forward to seeing Doctor Strange, so that's cool. Um, the other end credit, though, uh, I'm very excited for some symbiote suit. I'm really hoping this means we'll have, like, a Venom in the Sony MCU, because that would be really exciting. Um, definitely a more popular villain of the Spider-Man universe. So, that'll be super cool. And I also liked that in the scene where they're all talking about, like, the villains that they've faced, that Maguire has even said, like, oh yeah, I fought this guy who had like black goo or whatever I'm hoping that that is like a purposeful speaking about Venom and then a tie-in with Venom at the end of the movie with the post credit um and the symbiote being left behind a little piece of it so I'm hoping that that all means more um that'd be really exciting so are there any critiques for this movie um maybe probably but not for me (laughs) I think my main and possibly only critique is the same for all movies, and that's just that Aunt May is so young looking. I mean, Marissa Tomei is in her mid to late 50s in these movies, and she just looks freaking amazing. And that age does make sense for Peter's age, um, being like an aunt to him. But I guess in the movies when you have a 30-year-old playing a high schooler, (laughs) uh, it makes sense to have a much older looking Aunt May. She just always seemed older to me in, like, the comics. And to be fair, most of my Spider-Man knowledge comes from the 90s Spider-Man cartoon that I really love to watch. And he was in college, I believe, in that. So maybe having a slightly older aunt, like, in her 60s makes sense for that, like, iteration. I mean, I look look at the Golden Girls, and some of them were in their 50s, like, mid-50s, like Marissa Tomei is, but she does not look like she'd be the same age as Rose or Dorothy. Maybe it's in the way that we style older women and how we used to style them in older and past media. Maybe it's more of a critique on Hollywood. I don't know. Anyway, I guess it's not really a critique once I've talked it out. (laughs) But which I guess seems to be how a lot of these tend to go, where they're kind of critiques, but not really. But yeah, not much to critique in this one. Obviously, I recommend this movie, as it has been, I think, my favorite Spider-Man movie so far. And it's definitely in the top MCU movies, even though it's kind of MCU adjacent. I don't know what... Sony MCU? I don't know. Uh, I'm really looking forward to where we go with Peter's character, and just how incredibly sad that ending was. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next. Also, looking forward to all the other MCU things in the future, of course, uh, like Doctor Strange coming up and all the shows that are going to be popping up. Uh, Really stoked. And there you have it. Those are my thoughts on Spider-Man No Way Home. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mixed Media Reviews Podcast, and you can also find me anywhere you find your podcasts, probably. Please join me next week where I will be back on track and we'll be reviewing a book, (laughs) because that is the correct order. 
And I'm super excited about that book because I'll be reviewing Legend Born by Tracy Dion. Heck yeah. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye.